0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. So we have a bit of a bare bones uh, show for you folks this week. Uh, I've got no music and uh, only one piece of listener mail, unfortunately. Uh, So this will be a short one, uh, but it's a good one. And uh, what we have will be coming up in a minute. So welcome in wrestling fans and you are listening to The Next Pillar, your AW podcast where each and every Monday we give you a blend of balanced uh, entertainment and insight uh, just inspired by the weekly goings on in all elite wrestling. You can find us online at nextpillaraw.com. We are on social media at Next Pillar aw, and you can follow me on Twitter at Blake And if you'd like to support the show, there is information about how to do that uh, in all of those places that I just mentioned. Uh, So coming here, recording uh, day after Easter, Uh, usually record, of course, on Sunday. Uh, So I know this episode will be a little bit late for you folks. Uh, But, you know, it's Easter. I got a little sleepy. Those who have had my aunt's ham realize that you get a little sleepy afterwards. Uh, You know, it's got it's got a solid brine on that. Uh, Some of us are a little sensitive to sodium, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, coming to you uh, here on a Monday, recording this uh, early Monday morning. And uh, my wife just wanted to mention uh, just that she was not able to uh, finish music for this show this week. And that's because we had a pretty big development in our lives occur, which is just uh, I believe I mentioned this on air before uh, we were in the process of founding a uh, piano school and uh, her in particular, her curriculum uh, is all about uh, differentiated instruction uh, for neurodiver- neurodivergent, neurodivergent uh, children. Uh, so, you know, kids uh, like me with ADHD or uh, kids with OCD or autism or things of that nature. Um, her curriculum is uh, just really effective uh, for helping kids like that who uh, sometimes have problems, you know, in traditional uh you know, music situations. I know I had a really difficult time, uh, picking up an instrument because of course, when, uh, you know, you go to a lesson and you can't pick the song that you want to learn. Uh, if you're like me and you have ADHD, it can make it hard, uh, for you to stick with it. And so, I've probably spoken a little bit too much about that whole situation, Uh, but we were able to, we finally have a pretty good lead on a space and uh, my wife needed to work on some curriculum stuff for that. Uh, But she will be back and uh, was talking to some folks in the discord. And uh, this idea came up of uh, maybe having my wife each week, in addition to the music, do a little five minute uh, check-in kind of to just offer some, some outside uh, spousal uh, perspective on uh, all of Elite Wrestling because I think as one person said uh, you know spouses are great for wild ass takes so uh, you know why not so we will be doing that starting next week we'll have that we'll have music Uh, in fact something I did want to mention on air uh, is just that we have roughly half finished uh, this piece about uh, Miro coming back actually and uh, were he to now uh, debut on wednesday or friday or what have you uh that piece would 100 percent be uh ruined so uh you know i'm kind of just sitting back and watching uh just whether that will happen or not uh so yeah i'm watching watching dynamite for great interest and if you folks uh see miro uh you can of course you have us to thank uh so moving on pardon the uh, interruption there it's just a little uh, crying baby i know many of you out there uh know how it goes i was actually uh thinking about john moxley's uh promo that he gave uh just about how he had gone crazy uh from the sleep deprivation of um uh, just involved with taking care of the baby and uh let me tell you I went back and watched that promo and uh, I, I feel it. And uh, I actually even think that uh, my baby might currently be the age of the baby uh, that John Moxley had when he gave that promo. Uh, so something, uh, you know, kind of speaking of recent life events uh, that I haven't talked about on here at all uh is just that i'm a butcher by trade actually and uh although i have not been working as one over the past uh, year and a half or so uh, i've had a extremely boring day job uh but recently in the midst of kind of all this other stuff that's kind of happening uh at home uh we also uh i got a, a really nice offer to uh go back uh and be a butcher again and so that's something i'm really excited and uh If you're thinking to yourself, absolutely, I would love to interview The Butcher uh, on the show, and uh, maybe that'll be my first uh, wrestler interview. What I would like to happen, though, is to really only have the conversation uh, be focused on, uh, you know, the art of butchering, you know? I'd like to get his thoughts on, you know, the St. Louis-style pork ribs debate, or, you know, how fast he can break down a chicken, Uh, I think it would be a great, uh, I think it would be a great conversation. Uh, So, yeah, I'll have to uh, see if I can make that happen. Uh, Also, speaking of food, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys just about HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. In fact, that's why it's America's number one meal kit. And so, yeah, you know, something I just wanted to mention is as a butcher, I can say I've always been uh, pleasantly surprised by the quality of the meat in HelloFresh uh, meal kits. And it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. You know, not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting any food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on a table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. Uh, If... You know, you may be in the segment of the audience that I will now lose. Uh, if you're a, a vegetarian, just knowing that I'm a butcher, uh, they have uh, vegetarian options as well. Uh, HelloFresh also has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low calorie and carb conscious options. Uh, so, again, as you've heard here, uh, you just go to HelloFresh.com slash vow16 and use code vow16 and you can get up to six free meals and three free gifts and uh, that's let me tell you that's not a tony con announcement folks so you get the 16 meals and the free gifts uh you don't get Satnam Singh sing at your door uh you get the you get 16 free meals and three free gifts. Uh, so again, that's uh, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So, of course, made a little bit of a satnam saying joke. Uh, I, uh, I And again, you know, how often do I say this? This is not a review show. Uh, but I did just want to talk about uh, Dynamite a little bit. Uh, in that it just really does illustrate the direction that the company is going in right now, that episode of Dynamite. Uh, that episode of Dynamite was uh, such a concise um, a concise conveyance of uh, just everything that is right and wrong about all elite wrestling right now uh, we got on that episode of Dynamite. And uh, I'd like to use a little analogy to explain that and kind of flesh that out more. But um, I'm going to debut a new segment here. I've had a few of you. There's uh, there's a couple folks in the Discord, and I've had a couple emails uh, kind of poke fun at the fact that on multiple episodes here, I've, uh, used this great analogy of, uh, you know, oftentimes the creative direction, the booking in a W, uh, feels a little bit like Tony Khan having us over for dinner and maybe we can uh, see, and maybe it's apparent that he may have been spending a little bit more time and attention on, uh, some of the offerings more than the other offerings. And, uh, so, in a new segment um, that uh, I'm going to call the uh, analogy retirement ceremony, uh, I will officially retire the Tony Khan cooking dinner analogy for uh, you know to explain the creative direction of AEW, uh, and it's going to go out with a bang here because last Wednesday uh, it was again you know it was like Tony Khan inviting us over for Thanksgiving dinner and and what did he have well he had quite a spread you know and he let us know in the invites uh, that you know talking was gonna be at a minimum and that's fine sometimes it's nice to have a dinner you know where we where instead of focusing on the conversation we focus on the meal and what did Tony serve us well I mean of course the best part of it was uh, uh, you know it, it got bought a nice heritage bird it was everything you'd want from the food of a thanksgiving meal. Maybe it was a little bit light on uh, you know, maybe maybe you could have used a little bit more conversation. Maybe it would have been nice if he had made a little bit of like a festive punch. Maybe uh instead of uh, you know, just like a little carafe of water, you know, he could have put in a little bit of lemon and and cucumber. But these are small complaints, you know. We were we were all prepared to be in the car on the way home from Tony's house, talking to our wife about what a wonderful meal we had. And instead, uh, we had to have a conversation, talking with her wife, and, you know, maybe she asked us if we had drank enough water that day, and or maybe she asked us if we needed to go to bed early. Because uh, that's exactly what it was like, because let me tell you, it was at the end of the meal. Tony brought out just an amazing pumpkin pie. And he went through it step by step. He's like, guys, this pumpkin pie is the shit. I even made a nice little streusel topping. Almost looks like a crumble on top of that thing. This is not, you know, this is not your garden variety pumpkin pie that you get at a Kroger. This is quite a pumpkin pie. And so I'm excited for this pumpkin pie, obviously. And I'm waiting with bated breath for, for this pumpkin pie. And I'm enjoying the pumpkin pie. But then... You know what do you hear you hear a little little plastic container snap open you're like what's that and then Tony Khan starts talking about how maybe his parents ate some pretty weird stuff when he was a kid maybe he talks a little bit about Miracle Whip did you guys have to eat that when you were a kid and it gets you thinking you're like oh no there's not Cool Whip in that plastic container is there is there well, there was. Tony gave us a big dollop of Cool Whip. Ruin that pumpkin pie at the end of that meal. And let's be clear here. The Cool Whip is this Jay Lethal angle. I mean, is anyone interested in this Jay Lethal angle? I will say I am interested from one perspective. And that perspective is just that Jay Lethal with this heel character is giving off an astonishing amount of disappointed, mad youth pastor energy. And those of you who grew up in a church, you know what I'm talking about. Your youth pastor, you never could take him seriously because you knew you would never actually get in trouble with your youth pastor. Now would you, you could think of the worst thing imaginable and your youth pastor is just going to look at you and be like, Blake, are you glorifying God with those actions? God, I heard that a lot. Uh, And that's the thing with Jay Lethal. (laughs) He has mad, disappointed, angry youth pastor energy. In fact, I would even go so far as to suggest that putting your middle finger in a box and opening it, that's about as bad youth pastor as it gets or youth pastor trying to be edgy as it gets like that's like if you had a youth pastor at his breaking point. Like, he's not going to beat somebody up or something like that. He's going to put his middle finger in a box and open it. But I digress. Uh, It, uh, that episode of Dynamite uh, was fantastic up until the very end. And I know a lot of other people have talked about this as well. And on some level, you do have to appreciate, uh, just as a fan myself, you know, of Ring of Honor. And I've talked about on this podcast just how much... I would love to have Ring of Honor uh, be a consistent second AEW brand, maybe one that focuses a little bit more on the in-ring product, and one that maintains all the current um, yeah like titles and rules of Ring of Honor, uh, I think it would be wonderful for the wrestling business if that happened. And so, on some level, you know, I do appreciate just that they devoted the main event of Dynamite into this to this uh, Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, and now Satnam Singh angle uh so on one on one hand you do appreciate the attention that they are showing ring of honor just because uh at least kind of what i see in the tea leaves is it does seem like uh you know Samoa Joe uh will be you know viewed as like essentially a ring of honor guy uh you know equal or maybe even more so uh to being an AEW guy uh so on that level you know i do appreciate it uh but yeah you know I can't think of a better dynamite uh, to uh, illustrate, again, just the highs and lows of where the company is at right now. Uh, And I'll get to that a little bit later here in the show. But uh, first, I did want to get to listener mail. And uh, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, yeah, we only had uh, one email this week. And uh, you know, look, I get it. I mean, I took a couple weeks off. You know, I moved the time slot. And uh, I knew it would be a while before folks adjusted. And we've had this happen before. I think, um, yeah, there was a show where I only had one. And then the next week we had a ton. Uh, But from Ida, who uh, has emailed the show three times. So shout out to Ida. uh, What do you think about Tony Nese these days? I've found him mostly boring outside of some Dragon Gate uh, work that he's done and wasn't thrilled to have him in AEW at all, but the match with Swerve Strickland and now this new Mark Sterling partnership have me wondering if maybe Tony Nice is gonna be a thing. Uh, so thanks for that, Ida. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad they've decided to actually do something with Tony Nice to set him apart from some of these other kind of similarly sized 205 Live guys. Uh, the Mark thing, I think, is, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering, you know, maybe if uh, some of the other managers, uh, you know, who are no longer with the company, I wonder, you know, like a Tully Blanchard or an Arne Anderson. I'm wondering if maybe them not being on TV now is more of a thing to maybe get more time for a a Smart Mark Sterling. So that's an interesting idea to think about. But, uh, yeah, I do think, uh, you know, I'm glad that they're, again, you know, that they're doing something uh, different with Tony Nee's pairing him with Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, I also like that, at least right now, it appears that Smart Mark Sterling is kind of like a Paul Heyman figure in that you can be managed by Mark Sterling, but not necessarily... Uh, have to relate to the uh, other clients that he has or you know kind of be included in angles with them uh, like I will turn on this smart mark sterling thing pretty quick if like the Jade Cargill segment now has like Tony Nese standing in the background. Uh, no one wants to see that. Uh, so I've enjoyed the way that they've done this Smart Mark Sterling stuff where, you know, he has this side business with MJF. He has Jade Cargill and now he has Tony Nese. Uh I think that's cool, you know, especially uh, having a client in the women's division and in the men's division. Um, and again, you know, I talk about this to this a lot uh, just the lack of consistent week to week storytelling. And, uh, speaking of smart Mark Sterling and MJF, like what is going on with the pinnacle right now? Um, I understand they're in a bit of a tricky situation, uh, with like plotting what's next with MJF while also having to navigate this recent FTR face turn. Uh, and, you know, Tolly Blanchard now, uh, you know, just being in ring of honor, it appears, uh, so we knew there'd be some, some changes to navigate there, uh, but what happened to the pinnacle, you know? And I, again, you know, I've said this before, but it's like, uh, when, you know, virtually you have stables like Team Taz and now the Black Bull Combat Club, where it's like literally everything they touches turns to gold, uh, it just kind of makes some of these other stables uh, seem a lot more worse, kind of just by comparison, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Like, I don't think they've necessarily done anything wrong with Best Friends or the Dark Order. Uh, But you can just tell, you know, the difference between a Team Taz where you know that every segment is going to be gold uh, and, again, a Best Friends or a Dark Order. Or, uh, you know, I just feel like it might be a good opportunity for them to kind of just uh, do a bit of a restart with some of these mid-card acts who I think at this point... Uh, fans are going to stop caring about if they haven't already just because again they know like oh this person is in Best Friends or this person's in Dark Order this isn't one of the like important stables because fans I think are more savvy than folks uh, give them credit for in terms of their ability to tell which things in AEW are things that Tony Khan is invested in and uh which things tony khan uh maybe doesn't care as much about um and i'll flesh that out a little bit more uh later uh so yeah i will uh be back uh in a bit here just with some further thoughts that i had about uh last week's aw programming uh but before then uh, again, my wife was not able to do any music for the show, but uh, did want to share something with you folks. Uh, last week, I played a song uh, that was just w- uh, my wife's old band, uh, was a song of hers, because uh, she wasn't able to do music a few weeks ago. And a lot of you folks actually seem to really enjoy uh, just kind of hearing a random song on here. I do know that just, you know, listening to one person talk uh, for an hour can get a little grating at times so uh, yeah you know even when uh, my wife isn't able to cook something up uh, I do want to bring some levity to the show so uh, I hope you enjoy this tune uh, it's from a band called Alcapa. Again, that was a song uh, called Move Me uh, from a band called Alka Pops. Uh, incredible songwriting uh, from Leland Brell, uh, who I worked with when he was in a band called Mr. Bones. Uh, and if you can find that self-titled tape out there in the wild or uh, find it on Spotify, uh, you should give it a listen, because uh, again, uh, it's, it's incredible songwriting. If you've ever wanted to know what it sounds like, you know, to have Steph and Merritt front guided by voices that's the the songs of leland brell uh so what a weird show battle of the belts or i guess i should say battle of the belts 2 was uh and it for me it really was like kind of the end of a pretty unsatisfying batch of aw programming that we got this week um i think the divide is becoming pretty stark between the product that AEW is putting out in the ring uh, and the product that AEW is putting out with its storytelling. And I think that this week, that that contrast has never been more stark. Uh, you know, Battle of the Belts began with uh, the continued bungling of Sammy Guevara, who, uh, as a lot of you know, is like uh, overall, you know, probably my favorite pillar or at least uh, I guess the one that I kind of uh, that I'm rooting for the most, I guess you could say. Uh, And uh, my wife is going to be on the show next week. Her little five minute thing is going to be in defense of Sammy and Ty Conti. And uh, I'm not going to go that far out on a branch. I I think I talked about last week, just uh, I don't really understand the degree of animosity coming from the fans uh towards sammy and ty because i'm kind of one of those guys where uh you know i kind of think they're a cute couple and i kind of like seeing uh the two of them together on screen and again i know some of you may be like well that may say more about you and your wife than it says about sammy and ty conti or the fans blake and uh yeah you know the situation with the a uh, picture of them in the TNT title that is absolutely something that my wife and I would do and uh, I'm not ashamed of that but uh, I do understand that uh, you know obviously if the fans are booing this and uh, every other Uh, you know wrestling writer podcaster whatever that i respect is also taking a shit on this angle uh you know i know that i'm the one that's wrong and that it's not uh some failing of folks to understand uh the appeal of ty conti and sammy guevara together what i can say is that the way that they have booked the tnt title over the past couple months and again We don't know how much of that was a byproduct of that Cody Rhodes contract situation and what him and Tony may have been working out during those negotiations that were breaking down. Uh, But yeah, this TNT title booking and also this American top team angle uh, should be just red hot, even though, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say the Scorpio Sky thing was a, a failure. I was you know more than willing to give it some more time just because you know again that last one of those last vignettes he did on rampage with the snapping it's like i can see the potential there i can see uh you know what the supporters of scorpio sky you know within aw can see um I can see the potential as well, but I think it's safe to say, you know, again, uh, Scorpio Sky as TNT champion has not turned any heads, unfortunately. And a lot of that is no fault of Scorpio Sky himself. It is a, again, lack of consistent week-to-week storytelling with Scorpio Sky in this division. And a lot of it, again, may have uh, to do with, uh, you know, contract negotiations with Cody Rhodes and things like that in terms of, um you know why the past six months uh have not been kind uh to the tnt title and which is partly you know beyond just loving miro uh why we tried to work up uh, a song you know begging please miro come back uh not just because we like miro here we also yeah we're we're huge fans of his tnt title run um And again, you know, looking back at last week's Dynamite, uh, my big takeaway from it um, is just how illustrative it was of the pros and cons of AEW over the last couple months where we have these amazing matches, largely on the men's side of things, which I'll I'll get into later. That's not a fault of the talent. That's a fault of the booking. Um, But yeah, you know, it's like obviously... I loved watching the wrestling that happened this week. Uh, You know, many of you folks know that um, I've spent a lot of the past year uh, hoping that Samoa Joe would come back and have matches exactly like the one that we got. Um, But at some point it's like, yes, the wrestling is always great. And at the end of the day, you know, we usually watch a show and uh, even if the creative is, you know, not as consistent as it should be. I still might find myself walking away, you know, from each episode of dynamite, each pay-per-view, each rampage, uh, largely satisfied, uh, as these creative issues continue though. And I see them making the same mistakes over and over again, you know, especially in the women's division. Uh, it begins to bleed into the enjoyment of the show. And I think that that's not just something that I experience because, I host a wrestling podcast. I think it's something that fans experience too. And I think that fans can tell, again, fans are sometimes smarter than folks uh, give them credit for. I think the fans can tell, you know, this is the stuff that Tony Khan, maybe they don't, they can't even put the words to it, you know, but they can tell that, you know, this is the stuff that the person in charge is paying attention to. And this is the stuff that the person in charge does not give a shit about uh and i think that comes across on aw programming uh each and every week and i think that that's something that maybe if they don't acknowledge it maybe they may not have that exact thought I do think that on a subconscious level, and it's the same in WWE, where you see fans, they realize like, oh, the WWE doesn't care about this person, so I don't have to either. And I think that AEW is in a danger zone here with their creative, because I think they are creating that same vacuum uh, with a lot of this, again, lack of consistent storytelling on a weekly basis. And if you listen to Tony Khan speak, uh, I was... There's a couple things that that have me feeling pretty worried about the AEW uh, creative situation. I guess uh, at that Super Card of Honor show, which again was a fantastic pay-per-view, uh, he was asked at the media scrum uh, just about you know, are you going to have someone help your creative direction? Uh, now that you have this, you know, potential second brand of programming to, to book. And Tony's response uh, essentially, uh, you know, was to, you know, point finger guns after you make a field goal at the YMCA. You know what I mean? Uh, it was uh, he basically said something to the effect of, well, I thought tonight's show went pretty great. So I'm not really worried about it where it's like, I'm sorry, dude. There's a big difference between booking a successful ring of honor pay-per-view and again booking a wrestling program on a weekly basis and you know now in fact booking two or possibly three or four on a weekly basis uh and the other thing that has come out over the past few weeks that has really concerned me is just his comments uh let's see i believe it was on busted open radio i could be wrong uh where you know folks asked him you know what was the deal with that Satnam Singh thing and again I'm not a review show I'm not going to be the fifth podcast that you guys listen to that talks about that Satnam Singh thing uh, too, too, for too long um, but Tony's response was uh, well it wasn't my idea but there was someone with 30 years of production experience that gave it a green light uh, number one Uh, Tony, I think it's really important that you don't pass the buck like that, because immediately my mind goes to, you know, why is someone with 30 years of television experience uh, still so bad with creative stuff that they think that that is the proper way to debut as Satnam Singh. And it does make me worry just how often this is now happening, where if someone with, quotes experience uh, pitches a story idea or an angle or the ending of a massive show Uh, this dynamite was a massive dynamite and AEW I think really needed to have a great start to finish uh, episode of Dynamites. And this was even kind of billed as like a hey, we're getting back to wrestling with this show. So there's not going to be very much talk. It's only going to be wrestling. And then you end it with this like cartoonishly bad debut of Satnam Singh. Uh, and again, it has me worried where how often is this going to happen? Where if no one in a production meeting, I guess, voices, hey, maybe this is a bad way to debut this person, uh, then it gets on TV. Because Tony, uh, you had to have known that that was gonna be a disaster. Uh, I guess maybe maybe I put too much faith in Tony Khan. Uh, you know, that's certainly something that uh, a friend of mine who used to do a, a wrestling podcast suggested to me. Uh, but watching some of the storytelling that Tony Khan has done, uh, I know that he probably knew that that was not the best way to end the show. Um I do think that he probably uh as his want to do uh or as he is want to do I should say I think he probably may have underestimated uh just how negative the reaction to that ending angle would be uh but still I know that he deep down he knew that that wasn't a great angle to put on TV um and it worries me uh, because the situation that this reminds me of is, you know, when I'm finished with a show and I've sent it to Rich and I pop an edible and my wife asks me how was that show and I'm like, "Oh, it was best fu- great fucking show! I just one of the best I've done." And then I listen uh, to it the next day and I see that uh, I had a gigantic editing mistake wherein I talked for like the second half of that CM Punk piece that my uh, wife cooked up, which um, I'm just going to, let me just take care of this right now. Again, you know, this may have not come across uh, because I was talking during a lot of the second half of it, but we had a listener write in and suggest uh, that we cook up some 8 bit slash, you know, chiptune versions of some AEW themes uh, to send to uh, Matthew at uh, Botchamania, which I have not done yet. Uh, and so, yeah. I I guess I should, since a a listener suggested that. Uh, But yeah, again, that was uh, a a chiptune version of CM Punk's theme. I just wanted to play that again this week since I ended up talking over a lot of it last week. Um, Yeah. Uh, And that's what I'm just a little bit worried about Tony uh, because he kind of has a, uh, you know, a, a dunking when maybe you shouldn't be dunking mentality uh, it seems when it comes to this stuff Um, but yeah there is a recent issue I have uh, with the storytelling in particular and look I know I'm not the I know I'm not the only one who complains about this stuff Uh, especially this issue in particular but I was deeply disappointed by the booking of this Tony Storm Jamie Hayter match uh, for this week's edition of Dynamite already and I know that Some other podcasts, some other AEW podcasts had this exact same complaint. Uh, But sometimes, uh, the fact that, you know, if I agree with people that I I don't always agree with, uh, that's also a way that I can know that something's pretty important. And so I wanted to talk a little bit just about uh, why I think that, in particular, the way some things in this tournament have already been been handled, uh, have me really worried. That AEW is gonna miss a really good opportunity in this tournament um, to make up for their bad creative, as they often do, by telling some really good stories in the ring. Like you look at that, like what is one of the best storytelling moments in AEW over the past year? It's that Brian the the John Moxley Wheeler Uta match. It's the Brian Danielson. Wheeler, you to Angle. Uh, it's all these things that are not happening, you know, in a backstage segment, which, again, those seem to just feel more rudderless as, thing, as things go along. Like, those backstage segments seem less put together, less directed, less... There's so much less intent in them. Uh, and they're so much less effective than what a John Moxley or a Brian Danielson or a CM Punk is able to do in the ring. Um, and there are many wrestlers in the AW women's division who I know can also tell those kinds of stories, but they have not been given the opportunities to do so. And again, you know, back to this tournament situation, a lot of folks have suggested that, you know, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter should have been the final of this tournament. And I don't agree with that, actually, but I certainly think it should have been saved a bit later because now what we have is either Tony Storm is going to miss out on that opportunity or Jamie Hayter is and Jamie Hayter is someone who uh, and again I'm not the only one complaining about this stuff but this is someone that this company has underutilized uh, for the better part of a year now she's been in this uh, angle I guess with Britt Baker uh, for much longer than fans have really wanted to see go on. Uh, and I do think actually that like the best case scenario of what I think we all assume is going to happen, which is, you know, Tony Storm beating Jamie Hayter and going on in this tournament. Uh, I think maybe the best case scenario of that is they finally pull the trigger on, you know, a Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter feud. Uh, and I do think that even though the creative has kind of wound that down, to a point where people are kind of going to stop caring about it. I do think that uh, Jamie Hader and Britt Baker are people that the fans care enough about and are talented enough to where they can heat that back up. Uh, And it could be a pretty compelling feud. So hopefully, you know, that's kind of the best case scenario of what uh, you know you're looking at as a Jamie Hader fan, or maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong and they have Jamie Hader go over as we've seen. Uh, You know, I was, very pleasantly surprised that powerhouse hobbs got that win over keith lee swore strickland's lost too you know you see tony has a willingness uh to bring ruby Soho to bring folks in from wwe uh and have them lose pretty soon to the folks that he's invested in and so maybe i'm wrong with my reading in this situation maybe jamie hater will win um But you also have to wonder, you know, again, it's like if Jamie, if Jamie Hayter wins, then I'm bummed that Tony Storm isn't in more of this tournament. Because unfortunately, uh, you know, that Red Velvet win, I know a lot of folks like her work in the ring. But, you know, for me, Red Velvet has had storylines. Red Velvet has had opportunities. Red Velvet has really not gotten over. Uh, And you have someone like Willow Nightingale who... I was really excited to go, you know, hopefully deep into this tournament. And again, instead we have we have Red Velvet in this tournament. Um, and that's really the issue with the women's division. I misspoke on here uh, a few weeks ago saying that a lot of the issues with the women's division is a matter of recruitment. Um, and someone, you know, had a good question in the Discord about, you know, who do you feel like they're missing out on? And it's like when you sit and think about it, it's not so much that they're not recruiting the right people. It's that they're not using the right people after they recruit them, or or at least uh, that's one of my criticisms about the division. Again, the, the big thing is just, uh, we can tell, you know, some, some, in some ways, pretty literally, but at the very least, you know, I think fans already are starting to tell on a subconscious level, uh, that Tony Khan just does not have the same passion for booking a, again a woman's division on a consistent weekly basis as he does you know for some of the other booking stuff that he does for the company uh there is no reason that i'm not saying that you know everyone should get the jade cargill push but i absolutely think that every wrestler in the women's division should get that level of attention that aw creative has shown to jade cargill um and yeah, just very disappointed at uh, how this Owen tournament is being booked on the women's side so far. And I know, yeah, it's pretty, you know, it, we haven't even had all the qualifying matches yet. I know it's it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, I'm kind of maybe jumping the gun already complaining about the booking of this. But again, you know, when you've been watching the way that AEW has handled the women's division over the past year, it's really hard to have a lot of faith uh, that they're going to be able to make this tournament everything that it could be for the women's division. You know, again, I was just thinking, talking about Super Card of Honor again. I remember watching, uh, you know, that Martinez Willow Nightingale match and thinking, like, why hasn't this match happened on AEW TV? You know, why don't they have matches like this or, or you know, a match like we've seen with, uh, you know, they'll carve out these pretty significant uh, parts of time for you know CM Punk to have a long match or Darby Allen and Andrade to have a, a, a long match and I'm not saying they don't do that on occasion but at some point you have to wonder why the Hakaru Shida Serena Deeb feud feels novel because the attention that they've shown that feud should be the attention that they show every feud in the women's division and you know, I, I can't help but think about the future, or at least the apparent future of you know the men's title, where it looks like they're building to uh, you know a Punk Hangman feud, uh, where there's really no doubt in my mind that CM Punk fighting Hangman Page and having a feud with Hangman Page uh, is going to be one of the greatest feuds of AEW, both because of the talent of everyone involved. You know, particularly CM Punk, who, again, you know, I said, like, if they do this MJF feud, right, he's going to feel like CM Punk again. He's going to be reinvigorated. And what we've seen is that even when CM Punk, like right now, isn't really in a program with anyone, he is making absolutely killer television on a weekly basis. uh, You know, even by fighting someone like Dax Hardwood, like that feels vital now where it's like. How many of those early CM Punk matches like the one with Matt Seidel or what have you, do you even remember? But I think a lot of us will mention, will remember that that match with Penta or the match with Dax Hardwood. I think a lot of us will remember those matches. And it's because CM Punk feels revitalized by this feud. And the idea to see him go against Hangman Page, who I know some of you have criticized. I don't talk about Hangman Page enough, uh, particularly relative to Adam Cole. But Adam Page is kind of one of those guys where he's like the most solid guy in your friend group. How often do you find yourself worrying about the most solid guy in your friend group? You don't because you have less solid friends to worry about. But, you know, you need a ride to the airport. You need someone to go to a Blazer game with. You call your most solid friend, you know. And uh, yeah, Hangman is an incredible talent uh i absolutely feel like he's deserving of the world title i do think though again it kind of seems like tony Khan had a a pretty you know uh ambitious plan with this hangman page omega storyline that again you know is a highlight in AEW history and always will be uh but where is the hangman page kenny omega story in the women's division because there are so many stories like that that could be told and should be told. But will they be told? I mean, only if Tony has the commitment to do so. Um. And so, yeah, it's like even as a massive fan of CM Punk and, uh, you know, a really big fan of Hangman Page. It's like, yeah, of course, I'm excited to see that title feud. But it's kind of like in the back of my mind, I think about it where it's like. Oh, this is like another tremendous piece of storytelling uh, in the men's division. Like, when when is the women's division going to get these kind of compelling stories that we know that AEW is capable of telling? And that attention, you know, that commitment from Tony Khan himself is ultimately the thing that is always going to hold the women's division back. Because when you have one person... In charge of creative it becomes very clear which things tony khan is excited about and which things are like i don't know what thunder rosa has been up to since winning the women's title um i can't believe they actually did a cake angle for that like that's like the stereotypical like well the wwe obviously doesn't care about this person angle they actually did a cake angle uh and so yeah a W is a is a wonderful product on a weekly basis when it comes to the in ring, uh, the in ring product, and even the in ring storytelling that happens. But when it comes to the creative side of things, more and more uh, A W is is that that divide again between uh, the things that Tony Khan pays attention to and the things that he doesn't. That divide has never felt more stark than it does right now on the creative side of things and so tony khan that's right tony khan uh my words of wisdom for you this week are just uh consistency is key we've seen we've seen that in so many places you know tony uh you know when it comes to the wrestling business but let's talk about life let's talk about life consistency is key again you never worry about the most solid guy in your friend group. What's up, Colby? Uh, but maybe you should. And maybe uh, if you were a little bit more consistent uh, in how you relate to your, your friend group, maybe you'd realize that some of the people that you may have thought aren't so solid are actually the most solid. Uh, you know, maybe you'd find... Uh, uh, maybe you should consider have you ever done a bullet journal well, this is very helpful for a lot of people um it's really nice you know you can make it out of any nope There's really easy to understand directions online about it it's helped me immensely Tony uh and yeah we just want to see some powerful storytelling some innovative storytelling uh in our EW women's division um, with that
1: I'll
0: see you next um, week guys thank you